You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. There, so, amen. All right, well, if you would, please turn over to... Uh, <laughs> turn over to the book of Ephesians, if you would, please. Sure it's good to be here tonight. The Lord is good. And I believe that stone is looking really good out there. I think it's really coming together nice. Um, Ephesians chapter number uh, 6. And uh, I appreciate Miss Sonia picking out Stand Up for Jesus tonight. Did you know do that knowing we were getting in here tonight? I bet you did. No, you didn't? All right. Well, uh, but it, what it was cool, you know, the Bible, that, that song says, you know, put on the gospel armor and, uh, and all these things. So it's like it really goes along with this. Uh, section. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's begin in verse number ten, and we've we we started on this first part, but we're going to get into the armor, Lord willing, tonight, uh, and finish up the armor on next week, and then Lord willing, finish up Ephesians on the following week or the following my following Wednesday. All right. Uh, verse ten. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. I just got to pause right there and say it's important. Words are always important, but, you know, we get into a passage like this, and it's one that many of you are very familiar with, and some maybe not as much. But, you know, it's interesting. That word whole stands out to me, the whole armor of God, uh, which to me almost seems to give an indication there that you can put on part of it. But God says you need to put on, you need to put on all of it. Uh, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, the tricks, the strategies of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to, to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. And having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. I think sometimes verse 18 gets left off and shouldn't in that uh, when we read about the armor of God. But let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this, this wise instruction that you've given us from your word. And you've given it to us in a practical way uh, as it's described as armor, something that we can relate to and, and picture. And so I pray that you'll help me, dear Lord, to draw some kind of picture, God. And, and of course, uh, to be able to draw out these truths, God, that will help our lives practically. There is not a person, there is not a person listening to me tonight that is not engaged in spiritual warfare. Now, whether or not they're uh, lost and being held in the chains of uh, Satan's prison, 
or whether they are saved by God's grace, Lord. Uh, God, every one of us are engaged in spiritual warfare. And I just pray that you'll help us, dear Lord, to put on the whole armor of God and to, uh, to, to live as the conquerors that you have us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Aren't you glad that God equips us for the war and the battle that we, that we have? I mean, we face this life and we face battles. And, uh, you know, I, I think of the verse that the, where the Bible says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial concerning you, uh, or, you know, that you're facing. And it's, it's sometimes, it's, it's, it's interesting to me that we tend to, it seems like more common that people find it strange that they're involved in spiritual warfare. People find it strange, like, oh my goodness. And it's, you know, but it's like, this is what we are in. This is, we are in a battle, folks. Don't forget it. If you know every single day of your life, if you remember and remind yourself that you are a soldier of Jesus Christ, uh, that we are not just lollygagging and going through this world, man. We are enlisted, man. We've been enlisted. We've been drafted. And we get to be on the winning side, amen? Because not only are we in a battle, we're not, a, we're not in a battle of uncertainty. Folks, we are in a, we're in a, 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 a battle, in a war that the, that the ultimate outcome is sure. One reason that it's so sure is because it was won back at Calvary. Amen? Uh, but it's, it's sure because God's Word lets us know how this thing ends. Let, and let me tell you something. The devil loses. Amen. Sin loses in the end. And so, uh, man, hey, child of God, wake up. Pay attention. Be sharp and understand that, uh, that, that we need to make sure that we're going the right way. Put on the whole armor of God. So he's saying we need to make an effort. There's something we need to do uh, here in this situation. Put on the whole armor of God. Uh, all right. So just, just a couple things in the way of introduction I want to give you. This was uh, this is an outline that Michael preached some time ago that I'm going to give you in the way of introduction. It talks about the wisdom of our warfare. Be strong in the Lord. One of the, the big keys in spiritual warfare is found there in verse 10. My, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Oh, preacher, I'm just not strong enough for this. Well, good. Glad you figured that out. Uh, you're not strong enough for this battle, and neither am I. Be strong in the Lord. Because if our strength is in Him, guess what? Uh, we're strong enough. Amen. It's not that we're strong enough, it's that He's strong enough. And how many of you know that He's strong tonight? How many of you know that He's powerful tonight? Do you believe that? I mean, listen, He is. He's powerful and He cares. So, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His power. Woo! I'm just glad I'm saved. Amen. I really am. Glad I'm uh, glad that glad that we can trust in Him. Verse 11, the Bible says, put on the whole armor of God to be able to stand. And so uh, stand like battle-ready soldiers, amen? And uh, armor that's unused is like clothes that are unworn, isn't it? Uh, just think about going to your job and not having on what you're supposed to have on. I mean, listen, uh, we, we need if we're going to battle, we need to have the right warfare. So there's the wisdom of warfare, there's the wrestling of warfare. And I, and I like this part, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Uh, but the wrestling part is interesting interesting there because this refers to hand-to-hand -to -hand combat, right? I mean, this isn't shooting from 200 yards or something like that, man. This is up close and personal. You can smell the enemy's breath. Uh, as you wrestle, you can look them eyeball to eyeball. Now, uh, in our situation, understand I'm speaking spiritually because kind of goes to the next point. Our battle is not with flesh and blood. Therefore, we cannot physically see eyeball to eyeball and uh, literally smell their breath. 
Although sometimes I'm pretty sure I wonder sometimes, amen, if that's the devil's breath I'm smelling. But anyway, I mean, carry some mints with you, for goodness sakes. But, uh, but we wrestle. It's face to face. I mean, it's personal. It's up close. Uh, it's, it's engaging. We wrestle not. But listen, we, we wrestle, but we wrestle not with human. And I'm telling you, man, uh, I wish we could get this. We are wasting our time fighting people when we ought to be fighting the devil and his imps and his dominion. And I say that because, you know, there's a lot of things that are repeated often in church, but... They're repeated for a reason. Number one, that's the way God meant it to be. He said that we learn line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept. So we hear some of these principles over and over again. But you know one of the reasons we need to hear them over and over again? Because it takes a while. I don't know about you, though I think I do. But I know about me. Sometimes it takes a while for these things to get, I would say through my thick skull, but maybe it's through my thick heart. You know why I say that? Because I get plumb mad at people. I mean, I get, uh, you know, I can think of a person right now that every time I think about them, I get pretty upset. I get angry. But then I'm reminded, you know what? This person is just deceived. This lady is just blind. It's, it's, I mean, th- th- she needs our prayer. She needs help. Uh, it's, it's not her. Uh, and, and so, uh, but so I catch myself thinking, what's wrong with this person? Why could they be? Th-? And, and then I'll think, that evil person. And I'll call them a devil, and I'll think them like that. But then I got to stop and think. You know what? Uh, and I'm not talking about my wife, amen. Uh, listen, but uh, oh boy, uh, been a long day. It's going to be a longer night, amen. But anyway, uh, I'm saying that when I'm reminded of the fact. That, but then, because this evening, I'm, as I'm walking up here, I, I was reminded as I pulled in the parking lot, I was praying uh, for this dear, dear, dear lady again. And I've, I've never really, anyway, I'm not going to tell much about. But I, I'm just thinking. Then I thought I was just so aggravated. I'm like, oh Lord. But I'm like, you know what, Lord? And the Lord reminded me of something. And I stopped and prayed for that woman. Amen. And I was like, Lord, I just need to be reminded that she is indeed being a a instrument in Satan's hands. Yeah. Uh, she's been an instrument in Satan's hands, but she's lost. And she is a lady that you love, that you've shed your blood for. She needs to be saved. She needs to be born again. And, uh, and so I prayed for that woman. And sometimes I pray for those under the influence of this woman. But instead, I thought, you know what? I also need to pray for this woman. Aren't y'all curious? Uh, shouldn't have said much. You're probably trying to figure it out if you hadn't. But uh, we, we, for we wrestle not. So the wisdom of warfare, the wrestling of warfare, then the weapons of warfare. So that's where we get into the outline uh, or to uh, the message part tonight. So if you'll bear with me a little bit, I'll try to give you what I got. And uh, we'll start with the armor. Notice what the verse, verse 14 says. The Bible says, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. Your loins girt about with truth. So we'll get a couple of these in tonight. Your loins girt about with truth. Um, and I thought about this. Protection for what we sow. S-O-W. Protection for what we sow. Uh, the Roman soldier's belt or girdle, loins girt about with truth. And, and, and your loins is waist. This, this whole section here, your loins girt about with truth. And so, uh, and, and the girdle would be kind of a belt and it's interesting when you study some of the, uh, you know, what they actually look like and all that. But, but where this piece of armor was placed, it protected the lower part of the Roman soldier's body, the seat of vital organs and the organs of life creating force. In other words, we need truth's protection at the source of spiritual procreative power so that Satan cannot tamper with what we sow. Truth is vital. 
We must be sure that, that the, the, the seed that we sow is the truth of God's Word. We need to protect what we believe. We need to protect what we propagate, what we tell to others, what we share with others. Uh, we need truth's protection at the source. We must be sure that we are staying in God's Word, sharing God's Word. Our lives must be based on the Word of God. Our beliefs must be based on the Word of God. And we must be in the Word of God. But I'll say this about our loins girt about with truth. Because if we don't have the truth of God's Word, and if God's truth is not real to us, it's not just something that you memorize to pass a class, and it's not just something... I mean, the understanding that our loins need to be girt about with truth. The very first thing that's mentioned is truth. Too often, some men say, they'll say, thus saith the Lord. But then they fail to communicate His truth. Men will just go on and express their own opinions. Or... They'll misrepresent truth because of failure to understand the truth. There's been many well-meaning preachers that will proclaim erroneous teachings with all their hearts. <laughs> with all their hearts. And with passion. And with sincerity. But uh, th these men, they seek to persuade people to do this or to experience something else. But they teach error. Preachers and Bible teachers need to have their loins girt about with truth. They must study the Scriptures in depth. Know the mind of the Lord. Be filled with the Spirit of truth. Otherwise, they may teach uh, something that's not truth as truth. And I'm telling you, we run into that all the time. Our loins girt about with truth. And now, I want you to know that when we talk about our loins being girt about with truth, there are many applications, if you will, to our loins being girt about with truth. Uh, one of the applications Michael made when he preached about it was the truth of our lives and, 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 and the purity of our lives uh, going that way. But folks, the truth cannot be overemphasized in our life. Uh, the truth of the Word of God. As God's people, we are to be in the Word of God and we are to be sowing the Word of God. We're to be sharing the Word of God. And in order for us to share the Word of God with others, we do need to be in it. And we do need to know it. Now, I have encouraged you before. I've had people come and say, man, I really want to witness to somebody. I need to learn to witness. I need to learn to be a better soul winner. And I think that we can learn to be better soul winners and study to become better witnesses and everything. But I'm telling you, don't... But, but for somebody that's a little more newly saved or maybe they were saved some time ago but were not really discipled or in, in a good Bible preaching church, uh, I'll tell that person, hey, if you, know how you, if you know you're saved, you don't have to know all the answers. But if you know what it means to be saved, then you can tell people what it means to be saved. And you can tell somebody how to be saved. Yeah, but what, when, what about when they start asking me about the flood? And, and you can just, what, what do you do when they do that? You can just say, I don't know about that. You, ever, you know there's nothing wrong with saying that? Amen. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you what I do know. I know that I was lost and now I'm found. Amen. It's like the blind man that Jesus healed. I don't know much about him, but I'll tell you one thing. I knew I was blind, but now I see. But now, so I encourage people that way. But I'm telling you, if we've been, a, a year from now, I don't want to be encouraging you to witness to people like that. I want to be encouraging you to witness and say, by a year from now, you ought to have some answers. You ought to be a little bit more confident than you were this time, uh, you know, uh, this time uh, today. I mean, and so know the Word of God. Learn the Word of God. Sow the Word of God. 
Uh, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, is what Jesus said. Uh, where is Satan more active than in what we sow? I mean, and there's, there's parables that Jesus gave about this, but uh, the, 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 that, that is why truth is the first piece of armor that we must put on to face the devil. Why? Because the devil is known as the father of... Lies. He's the father of lies. Folks, deception is his business. Deception is his business. He wants us, so he wants us to sugarcoat truth. Uh, or, or he wants us to give error and then sugarcoat it with a little bit of truth. And by the way, you've got to be careful about that sometimes. Uh, you know, know about who you're listening to. Know about what you're reading because somebody can give, an, give some truth, but it's, it's a very common thing for Satan in his deceitfulness to give just enough truth to hold the lies together. You know, it's often, it's often been said about strychnine, you know, about rat poison and decon and some of that stuff, that it is literally like, it is literally, and I think it says on the box, it's like 99.99%, if something to that effect, it, basically good stuff. But they just put point zero, I think it's 0 .01, and it may be 0.1%, but it's a very small percentage of actual poison in there. But it's enough to kill a rat, amen. And and that's the, and listen, the devil likes to put a little bit of error and sprinkle a little bit of error, and so we've got to be uh, diligent when it comes to that. Deception is his business. We must be absolutely sure uh, before we b before God that we are wearing the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. We must not preach opinions. We must not preach, or we must preach God's truth. And I'm telling you, man, I mean. I, as y'all know that I'm very passionate about that, preaching the truth, not preaching opinions. We have opinions. It's okay to share opinions. But I'm telling you, you are really bordering on, uh, you're walking a dangerous line as far as I'm concerned when you start preaching your opinions as truth. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of people that call themselves fundamental, and what it means to be fundamental for them is to preach their opinions as fact. And to preach their traditions as doctrines. Folks, that's not fundamental. Fundamental is staying with the book of the truth of God's Word. And I know that word can be a, a bad word in the society in which we live. But in truth, the, the fact that we stay by the book and preach the truth. And I'll tell you this. I told Evan this uh, just the other day. Uh, I said, I, I gave him the same advice when he's going to be listening to teachers in school as I try to give here at the church. And you know what I said? I said, don't be a sheep. Now Jesus said we're His sheep. But we're His sheep, amen? We're not their sheep, amen? And by the way, you're not my sheep. I mean, I know I'm an under-shepherd and everything, but I'm a sheep too, amen? We're all sheep. Uh, uh, but, but Jesus is the, is the ultimate shepherd. Uh, but if, what, what do you mean by that? I mean the same thing I say to you that I say to them, and that's this. I tell you all the time, don't believe, don't believe what I say because I say it. Amen. I, I mean, to me, and by the way, I'm glad we've got a church like this. We've got a church, I believe, that are like Berean Christians. Those Christians uh, that were more noble than those of Thessalonica because they searched the Scriptures daily whether those things were so. Amen. They didn't just say, oh, well, the preacher said it, so we, you know, that's got to be it. And God forbid that you go ask the preacher or clarify something, you know, because he has spoken. Uh, man, listen, I mean, I'm not Moses. I'm, I'll preach to you what Moses said, but I'm not him, amen? I don't have a, some direct word. I, I do have a direct line from God, but I don't have some extra biblical word from God. I've got the Bible just like you have, amen? And, uh, and so know the Word of God. Uh, know it for yourself. 
And so, know God's truth. Don't, don't preach opinions. Don't share just opinions. Nothing wrong with sharing opinions. I understand what I'm saying. But don't share your opinions as the truth of God's Word. Uh, that's why the Bible warns about uh, walking in the counsel of the ungodly. You know, the ungodly just being people that just don't account for God. They'll give you their opinion. It might be good advice. And the ungodly doesn't mean that they're awful people. It just means that they just don't think about God. Uh, they don't take God into their reasoning. And so we must sow God's truth. And the last thing I'll say on this, I suppose, is this. Sincerity is not enough. We need to be right. There is truth. Young people, there's truth. There's absolutes. And you can be right. Oh, well, what's your truth? And we'll watch your truth over here and your truth over here. Well, listen, whatever, God's Word is truth. Amen? I mean, the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. There is truth and you can be right. And you can be right without apology. Now, it doesn't mean you have to be obnoxious or anything or arrogant about it. But by golly, there are some things that we know in God's Word and we can know and we should know. And we shouldn't be able to get moved off of those for anything. So it's not, and you, some people say, well, you know, they're sincere. I mean, you know, well, uh, you know, but you know, some people are sincerely wrong. And being sincere does not make up for uh, being in error. Uh, but, you know, the, 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 Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus did not come and die on the cross because sincerity would get us to heaven. Amen. Uh, I mean, listen, because some people seem to have that attitude. Well, I know that they're not saved, and I know this and that, but they're really sincere. Well, it doesn't mean that they don't need the Lord and that they don't need to be saved by God's grace. And so um, the, the emphasis that I'm making, and again, there's many applications to, I believe, the girdle of truth. But God's people, be in the Word of God. God's got a letter for you. Anybody get mail? Most of us get mail. How much mail do you get that's personal? Not very much anymore. Um, but isn't it kind of nice when you get something that's personal? Amen. And I don't mean personal like, hey, you owe this much money. That's, per- that's pretty personal. But I mean, uh, you know, heartfelt. I mean, just personal. I mean, it's just like email. I mean, I spend more time deleting email than I do reading email. Uh, you know, and, uh, and, and so I, mean, I try to interact and I, I send out an email and I say, if you send it to 10 friends, you'll be blessed. And uh, I, I don't do that. I'm just kidding you. Uh, I promise I don't do that. And these kids are over here thinking, email. You know you're old when you don't get the joke anymore. Because anytime I say something about email, these kids are like, email. I'm like, why is that not cool? I don't know. But anyway, uh, so but what, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say this. It's exciting to get something. Oh, wow, this is actually to me. You know, sometimes you'll, you get phone calls, right? Hey, Jesse, exciting news. Oh, hey, hey, who's this? <laughs> we got a cruise for you. Oh, gosh, okay, you know. Or, uh, I mean, my, here's, the, here's the point that I'm trying to make. It's exciting when you get something that's for you. It's exciting when somebody has taken the time to reach out to you. And what I'm saying is, when the God of creation takes time to reach out to you and send you a personal letter, a personal book, and a lot of it, that's, that's not only nice, it's not only nice, like, oh, wow, look, God thought of me. But it's also empowering. It can save your soul. It can save your marriage. It can save your life. It can keep you from being shipwrecked. It can keep you from a disaster. I mean, He's given us a book with instruction, with love, with power. 
that tells us about the armor of God. Get in God's Word. Be girt about with truth. Know the truth. Learn the truth. Yes, read your Bible every day. That's a good place to start. But listen as you read the Bible. I doubt very seriously you're going to know every word that's said as you read your Bible. I doubt very seriously that you're going to understand every verse as you read your Bible. As you read your Bible, as you listen to your Bible, take a moment. Pause your phone if you're listening, uh, listening to it. What's that verse again? Chapter 9, verse 12? Let me check that out. What, what is that saying exactly? What's that word mean? Start to study. Start to dig. Learn it. You can know it. I mean, man, get in the Word of God. I mean, and, and man, maybe I'm trying to get to another point, but I'm telling you, the, the, the power of truth, I think about what the Bible says in Proverbs. The Bible says that we need to seek for wisdom and for knowledge as gold and as fine and, and pearls and rubies and all this thing. Ah, uh, man, we got to get this on the computer. I don't like just staying up here. I'm just going to take the phone with me, all right? Think about this. Uh, think about the blessing. If you knew, if you knew tonight, if you knew that if you went out and dug out in this backyard right there, and you knew right where to dig, I mean, and you knew you would find a valuable treasure, you knew you would find gold, you knew you would find rubies and all this other stuff, and diamonds, and uh, I wonder how. I wonder how long that yard would stay intact. I'll tell you one thing: if it's any way the way God's people sometimes treat the Word of God, it would be just fine. Dig, dig in there. I mean, uh, listen. Get a commentary. Look up a word. I mean, do a, do, a, do a word study on the Greek. What's that word mean? How many times is that found? You say, I don't know how to go about that. Well, you can find, you can, I promise you, you can find out how to go about it. You can do it. Amen. Dig. If you dig, you will find more treasure in the Word of God than what's, what's all in this world. Years ago, it reminds me of, uh, man, I tell you, just one of the funniest stories ever down in uh, North Carolina, down around uh, Monroe area, uh, how that uh, fella played out, uh, or a little boy uh, playing out in a creek, and I can't remember how the whole story went, but he, he found just like what looked like a pretty cool rock about this big, you know, big, I can't remember how many, 15, 20 pounds or whatever, uh, brought that thing home, oh, that's cool, what are we going to do with it? I know, th threw it over to the side, I know what it'll do, that would be great to hold the door open, it would be a good doorstop. Put it over there, left it there as a doorstop for a while. Uh, finally, somebody got to looking at it and saying, man, that might just be worth something. Uh, the fellow uh, took it down to, I believe, Charleston or somewhere and said, uh, uh, you know, well, what's this thing worth? And the guy said, oh, not worth much. I'll give you a, a few hundred bucks for it. You know, he's a swindler because uh, it was worth it. It was a big block of gold, pure gold. And right now, Reed's gold mine. Did you know that, uh, matter of fact, I believe North Carolina, the first gold rush uh, in the United States. Most people don't know that. Uh, but Reed's gold mine, Gold Hill, North Carolina, it's all around there. Uh, it's one of the reasons that, that, that the banking industry is in Charlotte, why it's founded there and so forth. But, but gold, Reed's gold mine. Man, I hope I'm right about that. <laughs> uh, but listen, uh, gold was found there, and the whole time, listen, the whole time uh, it was just being used as a doorstop. And what I'm saying to you tonight is read God's Word. Yes, 
At the very least, at the very least, read God's Word. It'll change your life. (laughs) Ain't that something? I mean, you read God's Word daily. It'll change your life. But what if you begin to study God's Word? What if you begin to dig in there? What if you begin to get something out of it? And by the way, you want to know something? Uh, There's a great prayer to pray out of Psalm 119. And that's a good prayer to pray that says, Lord, open thou thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. That's a good prayer to pray before you ever before you hit play or before you open up your Bible. Lord, open up thou open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Amen. Pray that. And I'm telling you, if you start looking, you'll start finding. Amen. Seek and you shall find. So, truth. Amen. Uh, loins girt about with truth. And I'll just uh, give this one to you here quickly. Uh, so, what we sow. What we sow. Protection for what we sow, but also protection for what we show. One of the things that really stood out about a Roman soldier's armor was the breastplate that protected his upper vital organs. Chapter 6 verse 14 says, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. So the vitals, the heart, the lungs that were protected with this breastplate. The Bible says in Proverbs 4.23, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Keep your heart with all diligence. I mean, uh, I challenge challenge you young people because, man, there's an all-out attack on all of our hearts. But I'm telling you, for some of you young folks, y'all are still... There's still decisions that you're making about life. You're still in this adolescence. You're still growing into what God would have you to be. Keep your heart diligently. Because I'm telling you, the devil's after your heart. He's after what you care about. He's after what you're interested in. And I'm telling you, he's got a lot of sparkly and attractive things out there to try to allure you. Keep your heart with all diligence. Don't give yourself over to something. Don't, 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 don't follow in the wrong path. Don't start hanging with the wrong people if it's going to be taking you away from... Keep your heart. If it's going to keep you away from God or lead you away from God, keep your heart. Keep your heart. But we got, we, that, that goes with every one of us. That means we've got to guard against bitterness. That means we've got to guard against um, lust. And that means we've got to, got to guard against envy. It means we've got to guard against all of these things. We've got to guard against sin. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. And Satan tries to corrupt the heart of believers so that they will display ugly passions instead of the love of Christ. And isn't it interesting, the heart that's there in the breastplate? Righteousness must be the guardian of our hearts. Righteousness must be the guardian of our hearts. And so, uh, when we consider... We know, this, we know we've got the sin nature. Romans, for instance, talks about the righteousness of God. Why does God always do right? Why does God always do righteousness and good? Because He's righteous and good. Why do we find ourselves committing sin and these things that come out, of, come out from within us? Because that's what we are. We sin because we're sinners. God does righteousness. But here's the cool thing. The genius of the gospel is that God does not ask us to imitate His righteousness. Now I'll say that again. The gospel. God does not ask us to imitate His righteousness. Because I'm telling you, there's religions out there that's doing that. But I'm telling you, that kind of stuff does preach in the Bible preaching churches too. The Bible says, you know, the life I... You know, uh, um, 
I'm crucified with Christ. Galatians 2.20 I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Amen? And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. I mean, in other words, it's not about us imitating His righteousness. No human being could possibly do that. See, God gave us His righteousness and His righteous nature by by the means of regeneration. In other words, when we were born again, He gave us a new nature. Now, we got the old nature still, but we have a new nature. And I've preached about this before because there's just way too many folks that are saved that are just trying to get their old nature fixed. Not going to happen. The rapture is the only thing that's ever going to fix the old nature, folks. It's unfixable outside of that. Man, I, would just, I, I wish some Christians would figure it out. I wish some preachers would figure it out. Old nature is unfixable. But if we can die to the old nature and allow God's new nature to live through us, that's what it's about. Listen, so he, he, He's given us His righteousness. He's given us His nature through regeneration. He gives us His Holy Spirit to live within us and to reproduce Christ's righteousness in and through us. Christians are to show the righteousness of God to the world. Uh, and, and, and I'm telling you, there's a world out here that's wanting to see something. They're wanting something to believe in. They're, they're wanting hope. They really are. And I'm telling you, it's through us. Amen. Through what? Through, uh, letting people see Jesus through our lives. We are the... Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Later on, He said, you are lights in the world. Why? Because Jesus isn't here anymore. We know He's here in spirit, but He's here through His people. And we are to show the world Christ now. So, the, Satan's attack is at the heart. So we need to make sure that we keep our hearts. Amen? We need to make sure we keep on loving people. Loving the right things. Amen? Amen. Loving what God loves. Hating what God hates. The righteousness of Christ is a glorious armor for us to wear in this world of sin. When people look at us, what should catch their eye first is the gleaming glory of Christ's righteousness that's coming through our lives. Satan has already assailed to the righteousness of Christ. He tried everything he could. He used all of his resources to try to penetrate, try to bring down the righteousness of Christ, but he found it impenetrable. But listen, that same righteousness is the righteousness that we can wear and that we can allow to live through our lives. And it will protect our hearts and the, the, the innermost springs of our beings from all the, righteous, uh, the righteousness is so evident through Christ to a lost and a dying world. And, uh, and then a protection from where we go. I was going to talk about the, uh, the shoes, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, tonight, verse... Uh, uh, 15, and your feet shot with preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith. And I just want to close with a, uh, just something uh, here about the shield of faith. I thought this was uh, a pretty good thought. When we think about this, the shield of faith, and really the shield of faith there is, is it's, it's the idea of the faith. Jude verse, uh, is it Jude verse 6? The Bible says, earnestly contend for the faith. Uh, and so, the faith. The, the faith, folks, is, is the truth again. It comes back to the truth. And so, this, the, the shield of faith. Why? Because it's through faith in God's Word. It's through faith in this great God. So, in other words, it's not about how great your faith is. It's about how great our God is. Um, again, knowing the Word of God is key on this point. 
But I'm not going to preach that to you tonight. Uh, But it's interesting to see, going all the way back to the Garden of Eden, how Satan attacked Eve. He attacked her faith. He attacked the faith in the Word of God, didn't he? Yea, hath God said. And folks, when 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 she lost her reliance on the Word of God, the shield of faith, she set down the shield of faith. And she lost. Adam set down the shield of faith. Jesus, uh, when he was tempted in the wilderness, Satan actually used the same exact tactics on uh, Jesus, basically, that he used on Eve. It's the same principle. We'll see that, Lord willing, next time. But every time he was able to counter from the Word of God, because here's the thing, no matter what it was, Jesus obviously knew uh, the Father. He knew the power. The shield of faith rebuffed Satan at every point. And, and so, the, the shield of faith, basically, I guess I'd like to end on this note. I want to end on the note to say tonight that you can win. Amen. That you can be victorious. We just need to put on the whole armor of God. Amen. I know I didn't get to tell, tell you all about it tonight, but if not, we know to get into the Word of God, we can be successful. We, can, we, we cannot stop Satan from shooting at us, people. Yeah. But we can have the shield of faith. When he shoots that doubt at you, no thank you. When he shoots that temptation at us, no thank you. I mean, listen, we can fight off these fiery darts. We're, we're told that we can. The shield of faith rebuffed Satan and Jesus with the temptation of Jesus at every point and quenched his fiery darts. To each temptation, uh, to each tempting suggestion, Jesus replied with a verse of Scripture. He simply fell back on the Word of God and, and, and God demonstrated His, and, and he, he demonstrated His unequivocal faith in God. Now, I'm closing with this paragraph. Our faith in God should be so alive and robust that we never question the circumstances in which we find ourselves. The limitations He has placed on us or His right to dictate the terms of our lives. We never question the goodness of God. We never doubt His government. In other words, we understand that what He said will happen. And we understand there's consequences to sin. Because of our faith, we shrink from sin because we know it offends Him, grieves His heart, and inevitably brings into our lives the consequences that God says will come into our lives because of sin. Uh, We never question God's goals either. If He has not brought us into the kingdom, we believe that one day He will. The place, the process, and the time are all in His purposes. And that's the kind of faith that can effectively quench the fiery darts of Satan. Where does that begin? Seems like the theme tonight was this. That begins in the Word of God. Get in the Word. Love the Word. Read it. Learn it. Study it. I mean, share it. Put it into practice. Know the Word of God. How did Jesus combat Satan? By the way, do you know what Satan used when he attacked Jesus? (laughs) Um, The Word of God. He used the Bible. But he used it out of context. Of course, Jesus is the Word, so he knew. uh, but, But Jesus came back and every time he had the Word of God. That's what we need. When you're going through a battle, by the way, when you see yourself losing the battle... Remember, get in the Word. Find some Scripture to help you. And you may be in a battle to where you're just like, man, I'm going through something right now. And I, 
Man, I'm trying to think of a verse that will help me with that. Guess what? That's why it's good. Shield of faith. By done, I meant closing my Bible, okay? Shield of faith. Cool thing about those Roman shields, I'm closing with this. Man, I got to now. <laughs> cool thing about the, the Roman shields is they locked together. They, they would cover the whole body, uh, and there were, were huge shields, and they locked together. Quit trying to fight this battle along. The, that shield that he's talking about in Scripture was not meant just for some rogue soldier out here. That's good. That's good. Yeah. We're together, people. That's right. We're together. So in this battle, lock your shield with somebody else's. And they locked their shields. And man, they would make a wall. And those Roman soldiers, man, they, they were so disciplined, and they would make a wall. There would be these, uh, you know, they call them uh, barbarians, you know, which is kind of because they... Didn't, anybody that didn't speak Greek back then was a barbarian. They made that fun of that. But barbarian comes from, they just sound like bye, 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 bye. They just call them barbarian. Why did I tell you that? <laughs> These undisciplined hordes would be coming out. I mean, just, I mean, coming all out. I mean, just guerrilla style, throwing stuff everywhere, which way. And they would just lock shields and they would just make a wall. they just make a wall. And you know what? We sometimes, we need to make a wall. Amen. That'd be a good message right there. I'm not going to preach to you right now. Don't be out here on your own. Amen. Lock shields with somebody. Amen. Church of God, that's what we need to do. We need to lock shields with one another, help one another through. Because we, we, we are in a battle, man. It's not just talking cute talk. We're in a legit battle, amen. Let's all stand.